Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hey guys, this is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. I am Sam Holt, joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Derek Tate. Tate, how the hell are you right now? I'm excited to talk all these fun draft strategies. Suited and booted today. Suited and booted. I love it. The Newsnet headquarters in Cadillac, Michigan. Your Newsnet sports caster but all right let's do this thing your lighting looks better than mine right now i'm kind of jealous um (laughs) i don't know about that but (laughs) but we are going to be talking to you guys today about different draft strategies so i took a strategy tate took one and we are bringing to the table our findings and then we're going to either shoot each other's ideas down (laughs) or be excited by the results we each got so Tate is going to be taking the zero RB strategy, and I went and double stacked my running backs. Tate, how did you enjoy your research on this? Zero running back is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> let, me just, let me go ahead and tell you, not spending any of your first five picks, which is where I drew the line. Like Some yeah. would say zero running back is not using one of your first three picks. I went ahead and stretched it out all the way to five to nice. see what I could find. Uh, but yeah, it's... It's hard to watch running all the running backs come off the board, and then you're trying, you're doing your best to throw darts at the very end of a draft. It's not for the faint of heart, but I no. still think that there's there's success to be found with this approach. I'm I'm definitely excited to see your findings um, because I am someone that is not as brave as to go zero RB, but I'm hoping maybe you can sway me into trying it into one of my upcoming drafts because yes, I did say yes to three more drafts. Does that take my total number of leagues this year to 11? Maybe, but that's my own personal problem. Not everyone else's. So (laughs) whoops, whoops, it happened. So I'll kick it off and start with uh, my double stacked running back. And so this strategy was no matter what I was going to go, back-to-back running back with my first and second pick a couple drafts I went ahead depending on the spot I drafted from and did a third running back and then others I went wide receiver the majority of these I did not take a quarterback until at least the fifth round so I was doing this all just based on a standard PPR ranking system I was not doing this as a super flex um But of course, being the person that I am, in my last three picks, I picked up a quarterback in most of these leagues just to see who I could get as backup because I like to have that security. I'm not the kind of person that will just stream off the waiver wire, even in a 12 team, just because, you know, I've had past issues with running out on quarterbacks. And so I like to have that security. Anyways, I will start off with quarterbacks. And so in these drafts, I went and I did draft from the number one spot, the four spot, the eight the 12 and I did a couple on the six and the seven as well just because I tend to get landed with these middle draft positions I don't really like them the middle is my least favorite and my results definitely showed that so I'll start off obviously with the first spot I ended up going uh, Christian McCaffrey and Clyde Edwards Hilaire with my second running back and I like that stack a lot but again this was drafting from the first position and I right. did not like my remaining depth at running back the rest of my draft because I was 
I liked the third pick. I took Justin Jefferson. So it was CMC, CEH, Justin Jefferson. A lot of great initials in those first three picks, which is super fun. Um, and then DJ Moore just adding to the initials, which I thought was hilarious. Deontay Johnson. And then my sixth pick was Travis Etienne, which I do like his value there at six. Okay. I feel like that's a good spot to get him. But what I didn't like was that after that, my running next running back I didn't take was until the 10th round, and that was Devin Singletary. And I'm just a little bit nervous based on I know that Christian McCaffrey's healthy, but I feel like I would like a higher running back to feel a bit safer with knowing I have him, just based on the injury history. Is that crazy? I don't know if it's crazy. Just the inefficiency of Singletary last year was disappointing. Like he was mm-hmm. a post He's a good post hype buy this year because yeah. last year he was such a disappointment. So um, I don't, I feel you though for having your hesitations. Yeah. Those were my qualms. My running backs outside of him were also Philip Lindsay, which wasn't until the 14th spot. So that was really late, which I thought was actually really good for him. Very, very good late value. We don't really know what the Texans are going to look like this year. I don't think the Texans know what they're going to look like this year. <laughs> so their analysis right there. That's the thing. <laughs> We don't know. They don't know. No one knows. (laughs) Someone will figure it out. And Phil Lindsay is still a talented back. So hopefully he gets some work and he is able to be used in the passing game. He does have that skill set. So at least he has the raised floor there. Um, But overall, I was I was kind of like, meh. I love I always love getting Christian McCaffrey at the number one spot. And he is my number one off the board in a PPR format. I don't know if that's different for you At, at number one. Who would you have gone with? Personally, I'm super high on Dalvin Cook this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I I think that they upgraded significantly at left tackle. Um, I believe that that team is going to be, is going to run through Dalvin Cook uh, did last year. And that's when they were at their best. Um, Cook, although he doesn't offer even the ceiling that, that McCaffrey does in the passing game because no one does, but what he can do on the ground, I think that he's better set up. Uh, and in, in particular, how the team is going to run through through Dalvin Cook. Um, I think that that's their way of being able to potentially contend in the NFC North. I still think it's the Packers to lose. But for me, that's that's the one way I could see them being able to steal that division is if Dalvin Cook has an MVP type season. Yeah, I definitely get that. And Dalvin Cook was one name that I didn't get a single share of. And I think it's based on where I was drafting. Because at number one, for me, I have CMC. And then the other spot I drafted next was the four spot. And I did two drafts at the four spot. And both of them, I ended up with Derrick Henry as my first. Because they went either CMC, um, Zeke, or Dalvin Cook, or any mix of those three went first. Surprised to hear Zeke go that high. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was... And it was all randomized. And so every single time I did it, I was checking. I'm like, is this right? Like, it was no every Camara? single time. No Camara? Camara went and won. But I I just like, I like Derrick Henry more than Zeke, personally. A, a personal ton more. Thing. A, a lot more. Uh, he's, he's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm, love I'm the not, way he runs. I'm not about Zeke this year. Yeah. I mean, I, what, I think he'll have a better year than he did last year. But, I mean, that's just high to take Zeke over any of the people you just named. Yeah, I feel like Zeke safely fits between the fifth and eighth spot for me. But I don't see him as a top four guy. Mm-hmm. The other ones I see a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, in both of the times I took at the four spot, I got Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon in both. 
I love Derrick Henry. I don't love Joe Mixon. So this was a very tough spot for me because it was based on, obviously, the floor that you get with him. You get Joe Burrow back this year. It's like, am I crazy for feeling like I'm done waiting for Joe Mixon to be what he's supposed to be? Because he hasn't been fully what I think everyone wants. And I'm underwhelmed. Year after year, I feel underwhelmed. You should feel underwhelmed. I mean, when is he, he's, he, what he's done is he's teased you with his talent, right? He's like dangled the carrot enough to -hmm. let you know that, Hey, this guy has all the physical tools to, to be a top five fantasy back. I mean, and I believe everybody expects Joe Burrow to take a step forward, even though there are a lot of red flags and a lot of concerns. Hey, they did. They passed on Panay Sewell to go ahead and add another wide receiver. Like, Hey, you should protect your guy. Like he just, you know, tore up his knee. Like, you know, anyway, maybe Uh, protect him. (laughs) So there are concerns about this offense in particular, that unit up front being any better or more consistent, which also affects Joe Mixon directly, but Mixon's talents there. If Burrow is able to make the best and make this a, a, a an above average offense, then Joe Mixon will be the beneficiary of that if he can stay healthy. There's just a lot of ifs with Joe Mixon, uh, so I understand why anybody's hesitant to invest second round capital in him. Yeah, I think obviously everyone, not everyone, but. I personally like to give the advice if someone says, how should I be drafting this year? I think it's very much a let the draft fall to you and make sure you're always taking the best available to round out your team just as a blanket statement. But if you are trying to employ this double running back stack and you see someone there that you're not in love with, I would maybe pivot just because you don't want to be hesitant about the league, this team that you just drafted going into the season. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I think it's good to have a plan. It's good to try and stick to your plan. But if it, things go awry, be okay with pivoting. I think that's important. It's a good friend's quote. Pivot. Pivot. Be ready to pivot. Be ready to pivot. In both of those, the backup running backs that I ended up with, uh, one of them I ended up with Michael Carter in the eighth round, which I was pretty happy with to get a potentially number one running back on an offense. That late I thought was good value. Um, then I ended up with Jamal Williams. And then in the other one, I had Travis Etienne at the seventh round, which I thought was good value as well. And then James Conner, extremely late. I think James Conner falling as far as he is. Does he have injury issues? Yes. I still think it's going to be a high-powered offense in Arizona, and he could see a good bump because he is a good pass-catching running back as well. It's hard to know how that backfield is going to shake out, which is why they're good buys, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, It's a good late-round value buy. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And th- that's what my, my lineup is filled with, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you're going zero RB, you have nothing but value and upside. <laughs> all I'm going to have to do is give everybody my best upside pitch on on all of these running backs and uh, why they could win their respective backfields. And um, But you talk about that wide range of outcomes for like a player like Joe Mixon, for example. Yeah. Um, do we really know what we can take to the bank when it comes to his production? And you're still investing that high draft capital. Yeah. Um, which is where like my findings is as much as you do have like kind of like a gaping hole at running back or you're like, you know, it's it's a, a, a strength in numbers approach by just drafting a ton of them, like seven in a row to finish your draft, which one year I did do that. It worked out. It was Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt's rookie year. But just saying there's a lot, of, you get a lot of other things shored up and you don't have that wide range of outcomes, you actually have safer investments earlier in the draft. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I'll finish this up before we move on to your zero RB strategy. Both in the eighth spot, I ended up with Austin Eckler and Antonio Gibson in that double stack. Ooh. And then the same type of spot later, I did another eight, eighth spot uh, draft, and I got Austin Eckler, CEH, and Chris Carson. I went three running backs deep at the eighth spot, and I was really right. pleased with that. That was a nice little chunk of goodness and i still managed to sneak amari cooper in there in the fourth round which i was pretty happy about but i mean i'm starting to have him slide a bit on my ranking so if i did this again would i try and target another wide receiver there probably um but i did get tj hawkinson in that one as well and the fifth spot which by the way i could not get hawkinson after the fifth round and i was really pissed i was like why can't you just slide to the sixth but no (laughs) it seems like the sweet spot for him is the fifth like you it want is. Hawkinson, you better damn well take him in the fifth. Otherwise, he's not falling to the sixth. It's so. a get your guy lesson, if there ever was one. I'll wrap this up with talking about drafting from the 12 spot, which I I like this chunk of running backs a lot. This is a this is a hefty one. So I got Aaron Jones, okay. Najee Harris, and J.K. Dobbins. So, that's in rounds one, two, and three? Yep. Ooh, okay. I think that's that's a Tasty. good looking tasty lockup of running backs um, and then later I ended, did still end up with Michael Carter and Zach Moss as late round running backs went back to back on them in the eighth and ninth round which I thought was also really good value really happy with that spot which is crazy considering it's the 12 spot you're never usually excited for the 12 spot yeah but this year I feel like there's a lot of value at running back that I feel confident investing that late first rounder in. Um, yeah like Eckler, if he falls, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm running to the podium. Uh, Absolutely. Aaron, Aaron Jones, last time I checked, Aaron Rodgers. Looks like he's going to play. Aaron and ball. Aaron. We we got the combo back. We have it's so back. much to be happy about. It's, it's, it's back, good... baby. It's yes. back. Uh, so, yeah, Aaron Jones. I mean, I don't think Nick Chubb is going to fall that far in many drafts, but Chubb no. could. Um, but probably, probably not. Antonio Gibson is somebody that I expect will fall. Mm-hmm. in many of those drafts so yeah i uh, ended up with gibson in the second round and a couple as well um but nothing after that he definitely is a at the very latest a second round guy he's early, the one that's early second away. early second seems to be the the spot for him so um i'm interested like those are all how i will prefer to build my teams but when doing some of the studying it it, it does maybe give you an idea of a roadmap to success Mm -hmm. if you pass on running backs within the first five rounds. Yeah. Because with four of kind of the drafts that I did, here's how the first five picks shook out without taking a running back. Okay. First first stack, Kelsey, Diggs, Josh Allen, Godwin, DJ Moore. Ooh, okay. That's a lot of yards. That's a a lot lot of of yards. That's a A lot lot of targets. targets. A lot of targets. And then you got Allen who's right now averaging going in the third round. And he Mm -hmm. was the number one scoring quarterback in all of fantasy football last year. I mean, Josh Allen to go with Stefan Diggs. I love that stack. And then if you're, if you're you're able to nab Travis Kelsey, that's kind of like where in, and by the way, all four drafts, I either went with Travis Kelsey or Devontae Adams to build around. I don't see the value if you're like having to go with Stefan Diggs as your first round pick, not that there's anything wrong with Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. I'm not as excited about those guys. I'd okay. rather go with either Kelsey or Devonte to build your team around. 
Um, you feel like they have the steadier floor overall? 100%. Okay. Uh, I think that both of them are the cream of the crop of their position based mm -hmm. on that they are the top target for each of the respective MVP caliber quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Plus, I mean, Adams just got his uh, his brother back in Randall Cobb, so he's going to help open up the field too. Finally, he has a second wide receiver that he's been you know, able to hang his hat on he's got his brother back he's got his buddy back we've got it's like a buddy cop movie waiting to happen is Devonta adams and randall cobb and then aaron Rodgers is just like the happy-go-lucky sheriff that everyone's like shouldn't we get stuff done and he's like it's fine we're always gonna be good like lethal weapon are we talking a little yeah. lethal weapon buddy cop? I, I, I think we might be i got you riggs anyway um so that was kelsey though and one of them okay. another one Devonte adams so i actually paired Devonte adams with d hop Okay. Uh, going one, two Kittle in the third round. Okay. Kittle Waller seems to be going like late second, early third in a lot of the drafts that I did. So Waller or Kittle in the, in the third, I'm happy with, uh, cause again, I believe that they give you that positional advantage. I know you're lower on Kelsey or Kittle than I am, but, mm -hmm. um, Kittle in the third Kyler in the fourth, which mm -hmm. I'm, I think that Kyler has that potential to boom and he's got an outside chance at finishing like the year as like the top fantasy player, like a league winner type type of uh, talent. And we even saw him get off to that fast start. So Kyler in the fourth and then Tyler Lockett in the fifth. I mean, another wide receiver that's probably going to finish inside the top 15. Um, mm -hmm. Going to get you some big weeks. Yep. And him and DK both are capable of eating together at the same time. And there's enough, to go around to feed them. And the food at the table there. Yeah, I get it. Right. Russ is cooking for everyone. So, I mean, those two stacks even alone, I'm happy with either of those through the yeah. first five rounds. So who is your running back then? But now, nah, but nah, <laughs> now it gets mm. interesting. Um, so in the sixth round, though, I still find that this is probably going to change. Uh, and it did, like, in two of the drafts, Darrell Henderson was not there. But one of them he was. So Henderson ended up being one of my running backs uh, in the sixth round, which was kind of surprising to me. In the seventh, I went with Melvin Gordon. I still think Melvin Gordon is going to see my first crack. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if you like – I mean, yeah, they invested in Javante Williams. Mm -hmm. Who I like. You like Javante Williams. See, I like, I like Melvin Gordon. I, I, I don't – I personally don't. I, I think the hate's gone a little far with Melvin Gordon. But. It's nothing personal to him. I just think that, you know, he's the credits are going to roll soon. You know, that we saw the twist ending. It's just we're trying to just wrap it up. Grab your bag before the credits roll so you can get to the parking lot. That's kind of how I feel about Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Hashtag well, analysis. <laughs> well, then, well, then maybe I made up for it with the eighth round pick in Trey Sermon. Okay, I like that. From the San Francisco 49ers, yeah. So, I mean, hell, I even thought about taking Sermon instead of Melvin Gordon, which mm -hmm. you probably would have liked that a little bit more. Uh, and then followed that up with Rojo. Okay. Then, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be a 50-50 split in the backfield. So, they I'm will. okay with a team that I expect to finish in the top five in total scoring going ahead and rolling with Rojo and then – Bring it up in round 10. I already mentioned this in our running back episode, Gus Edwards. Mm -hmm. A running back that's going to see a ton of volume as far as on the ground. 
And in an offense that is predicated on running the football, leading the National Football League in total rushing, I believe that the last two years, um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe somebody else in them last year, but uh, drawing a blank on it. But regardless, there's enough carries to go around for both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards to have value, except Edwards is going significantly later in, in fantasy drafts. So uh, And has a healthy number of carries. So what I love about... What what, I, what I'm trying to see the love on. I'm, I'm going to say I'm trying to because I'm. It's still really hard for me to even pull the trigger on going zero RB with my first pick. Like to me, zero RB is not drafting running back till the second round. It's really hard to do it. So it's definitely a fun strategy to try. But with those receivers and with those tight ends that you're immediately getting in those first five rounds, the number of sheer volume targets that those guys are getting it's really going to help that floor overall for your point total by the end of the season as a team in a PPR format that I can see the value in doing that to stack that volume and those points with those players while rounding out with these, you know, big upside running backs. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm trying to find the love. I understand you're trying to find the love and it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hit with everybody. Again, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, and you do have to hit on some of the on the picks, like mm-hmm. and, and you, the the tough thing with mocks, as we know, crazy things happen in 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 during live drafts, like the ones that now okay, you can mock as much as you want, but when money's on the line, you all of a sudden start to find out and it starts to reveal how you really truly feel about a player. Like, do I really like yeah you know, Deontay Johnson as much as I say I do? Like, you know, I'm just. Am I sticking with my original plan? Am I am I dishing it out? Can I take it? Is is, is this even? I mean, there's definitely a tough balance between all of these guys. I mean, I know that in the sixth spot in one draft, I had you know Eckler and Mixon. I told you I wasn't happy about Mixon, but I had Kyler in the third and Godwin in the fourth, and I was really happy with that. I mean, I just liked that volume there. Travis Etienne, and then I had Claypool after that. So I did get my one share of a Steeler. Didn't happen very often because I don't try and be too biased. But, you know, especially just in mock drafts, like if it's my team, I'm going to take as many Steelers as I can. They never fall to me. It's like everyone I draft with knows Sam's trying to get the Steelers and they take them away. It's not fair. So I feel I feel attacked. I, I, I'm, I feel I sense it from you. So it's <laughs> it's all right. No one's attacking you. I'm not attacking you today. Okay, no so um, I do. I'm in attack mode, but I'm like, how can I attack you with, you know, my number one running back being Darrell Henderson? Like, yeah. you can't. You can't. So, okay, so you did you did multiple mocks um, at, with the zero RB strategy. Did you have a favorite team by the end? Uh, I mean, I would say like Devontae Adams. Uh, like, I, that was actually the team that I was just kind of reading off was okay. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, Kyler Murray, Tyler Lockett. Uh, what spot was that? Uh, that was at the nine spot. Okay, I was going to guess between the between the nine and the twelve. Although I don't see Adams going in the twelfth, so I feel like nine is a great spot to take him. Yeah, I mean, in that rap, you know, D Hop. I mean, I think um, Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs went right before he did. Um, mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I didn't. I didn't record it. I should have, but. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, going with with Melvin Gordon and Darrell Henderson uh, and Trey Sermon, 
can that work? And then Gus Edwards give you a couple weeks here and there. Rojo give you a couple weeks here and there. I think it can. I, I think that's a steady floor. Like that's like I'm not like I, like there's no glitter around it, but it's it'll get the job done for the positions and give you the even numbers that you need that week. Are you going to win the position week in and week out? Probably not, but you're going to have a healthy floor and your receivers and tight ends are going to just go off. So. Well, what I wanted to do was I wanted to blend some of the running backs that I was getting were with like that, that, like you mentioned that floor, but someone like Trey Sermon has that. Upside he has a boom. He has mm-hmm. that boom potential, um, you know, in particular, but to kind of counteract it, you got a guy like Gus Edwards that it's not really all that exciting, but you know, you can rely on to at least give you some points to go ahead and compliment what you expect are probably high performers, if not number one overall at their respective positions at, at wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. All right. I have I have a would you rather just really quickly because right. I and I a would you rather because I draw a blank when it comes to these two players in terms of how I feel their potential is this season. And they're right. They're going right back and forth in the fourth round. And that's Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin. It's the Miles duo. And I don't really know which one I would rather have sitting at that spot. If I'm trying to load up on a running back and I'm seeing staring down the barrel at both of these guys. The Who would answer you rather? should be Miles Sanders. That should be the answer. It should be the answer. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. I mean, as much as I do like Miles Gaskin as as like a nice, you know, not so expensive buy at running back. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't quite qualify for you know the zero running back strategy that I was trying to implement. But... No, in the fourth, he he wouldn't have sat there. That's why I had to throw this one at you, just because you were going past these guys. But as someone that was going back and forth, obviously I was double stacking the running backs no matter what. And some of them I was trying to get another running back early. I would stare at these guys and pivot to a wide receiver or I would pivot and get a quarterback here just because I could not decide between these two Mileses. Damn the Miles. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, you could just, why don't I just stack the Miles to hell with it? Go Miles and Miles? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, yeah. Would don't you do walk 5,000 miles? <laughs> oh, Sam. And Damn. this is where Damn we lost Sam. them. I swear, guys, we have, I can do better references in the future. <laughs> yeah. So could I. I. I'm also not on my A game today, but hey, we got football that is on the horizon pretty much. We're close. League wide, we're going to have every team getting at least one preseason game in this week. So really, fantasy football is officially back. So it's officially back. Let's do this. It's draft season. It is draft season, guys. Guys, if you were tuning in and listening, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. If you preferred any one of our takes or have comments, please at us on the Twitter. Tate and I would love to hear from you. Tate is at dtater4 on all forms of social. I am at Samantha R. Holt on Twitter and at Sam underscore awesome on the Instagram. And you can also find the fantasy debate on Instagram at the fantasy debate. And don't forget to follow Dr. Roto on all forms of social at Dr. Roto underscore com on Twitter and at Dr. Roto com on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and check out the site. There is so much amazing content for you over there. Not just football stuff. They've got PGA. They got MLB. They've got 
everything over there. So please check it out. Thanks again for listening to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drroto.com. Did you have that entire outro written out? That was impressive, Samantha. Until next time, everybody. Later, says the tape. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.